Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is episode 288. I am alongside virtually, oh, only about 2,000 miles away, Amanda Powell over at Digital Marketer. How are you, Amanda? I mean, we're basically right next to each other. Very pretty close. Much, pretty much. <laughs> well, our guest for this week's show is pretty much next to us, too. Probably about oh, yeah. halfway around the world from where <laughs> I am. We're really excited to have this guy on the show here. And you're probably, if you're a listener to Perpetual Traffic and you're doing anything in the real estate investing world or real estate in general, chances are you probably know who this guy is. Because any Google search that you ever do for any investing term or real estate related term, his website and his business, which he is the chief janitor at, apparently. Mm-hmm. He, he just all he does is just create content, <laughs> but he's the content janitor. And we're really excited to have Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets on this week's show. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Brandon. Thank you. This is like, imagine like your whole life you listen to like Justin Timberlake and NSYNC and you're like, there's like the best. And then one day Justin shows up at your house and you hang out. That is exactly what I feel like right now. Like I am like in the house of JT right now. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh, now you're just making our heads big. (laughs) That makes Amanda Justin Timberlake. So yes. Yeah. I mean, you like, are you Lance Obviously. Of course. I think Ralph should be Lance. This is is great. Got it. I'll take that. I'll take that. No, this is really cool. Cool. Like uh, we've been, I think we've been following each other for the last five or so years yeah. at least. And we actually met when I was doing my RV trip across country and met Brandon when he was in back in Washington. Now he's in a little bit nicer spot, a little bit sunnier, hmm. less rain in yeah, that Maui. Was PB. That was PB Brandon, pre-bearded yeah. Brandon. Pre-bearded <laughs> Brandon. That's right. He was, uh, he was almost clean shaven. Yes. 13 year old Brandon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we were well, like, we got together because I actually had a partner at that point in time and I was doing SEO and content marketing, which is obviously Amanda does for real now. I was just sort of <laughs> faking it. And we actually, my partner at that point in time was Michael Cabo, who I'm still actually partners in a, a real estate investing business with. We had some products that we really thought were pretty good. Mike was a real estate investor and I reached out, I believe it was to Josh and he like interviewed me to write for Bigger Pockets. <laughs> I ended up writing for over like almost two years and it was yeah. like amazing because it supplied not only, you know, like it created sort of a business for us and a lot of credibility for Mike, who was my partner at that time, but also tons of traffic because like I joked in the intro, Pretty much any term that you Google, like these guys come up like you are the authority. You're like the Wikipedia of real estate investing. (laughs) And it's because you've done such a great job yourself and Josh of really having one goal is to help people 
And maybe even it's a strategy that we just sort of talked about in the pre-record, which is intentional authenticity. Intentional authenticity. Yeah. Where it's, it, like, that's a that's, really good term, man. I, yeah. I, that's, that's good. Wow, Ralph. Did that? you come up with that on yourself? <laughs> Some guy named Brandon told me about it. So, I love it. I love it. And I think that's going to be the title of the show here. So yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> the cover of his next book, probably. Yep. We're so, going like, to right we're we're three co-writer right now. Absolutely. Y'all heard it here first. Well, we'll just take the recording and then send it to Tucker Max. Exactly. We'll just do it. Wow. I've been I've been wasting time writing books all this year. I could have just been doing podcasts with you guys. Turning into the books. Anytime you want to come back on, just book six, seven, eight, nine. Yep. Get all the books out. So for folks who aren't familiar with Bigger Pockets, if you're a real estate investor, you are familiar with Bigger Pockets and you have an internet connection. Just making sure of that. But tell us a little bit about what you guys do at Bigger Pockets and and how it's grown into this just absolute authority just place that that you obviously have a tremendous amount of influence on through the content through the webinars through all the stuff you guys do obviously a tremendously successful podcast tell us a little bit about what bigger pockets does Sure. So to explain, I'll start with a little bit of a backstory on why why it was created. So I didn't start it. Of course, Josh Dorkin was the founder and CEO back years and years ago. I think almost twenty years ago now. It was a long time ago, and it started because he bought some like fourplex in like St. Louis and it was terrible and it kept like losing the money and it was awful. And he's like, what do I do? Like my tenants start paying rent. So he goes on the internet and he's like, what do I do? And the only sites that showed up were like these, like the, remember they like gurus from like the nineties and stuff that were like oh, slick yeah. back hair, like infomercial. On Telegram. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All these yeah, guys. Right. right? <laughs> and they're like, join my course for $50,000 and I'll teach you how to solve these problems. And, and really it was just like a court and court, nothing wrong with a course, but courses are like, this is very generic information. Like here's how to, whatever. What do you do when your tenant has trash on their back porch and it's license falling down from their trash into the neighbor's trash down below? Like, what do you do with that stuff? Right? You're not going to find that in a course, right? So Josh is like, I got all these problems. I don't know what to do about it. And there's no website out there that can just help me with the specific questions that I have. And so everybody wants to charge money for a course. So he's like, well, what if I just created a forum? So that's what the beginning of BP was, was a small forum. And that's when I joined BP was very early. I was one of the very first people on there because I remember Googling, what do I do if my tenant doesn't pay rent? And I found this little forum thread about, well, here's what you do. And I was like, what? There's hmm. answers to this stuff? Like people <laughs> yeah. do this? Yeah. So that's how it all started. It, was, uh, it started with the forum and then grew into a little bit of a blog. And that's when around I got involved and I wrote a ton of SEO blog posts for the first couple of years. That's like all I did. And then I started managing other blog writers. And that's where I met you, Ralph, as uh, you became one of our writers, well, through your partner there. And today, Bigger Pockets just has a lot of stuff. It's kind of like the Pat Flynn philosophy of be everywhere was kind of the, <laughs> the, the thing we took is do everything and try to do everything well, which generally doesn't work, but it seems to work okay for BP. Yeah. Well, it's been a, a tremendous journey. And I think the, the big thing was, is when you guys started having other people create the content and this is yes. like really high quality user generated content, which we talked about with, with Shaleen yeah. a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. like for you guys, you were able to do it at such a massive scale and still have obviously really good editorial. I remember that <laughs> like yeah, submitting yeah. it and saying, <laughs> I hope they like it. But, but I mean, you've created this, not just, I mean, if you go on bigger pockets and obviously we'll leave all the links in the show notes here on perpetual traffic, but it's not all Brandon writing this. It's, I don't know how many writers you guys have had hundreds. maybe. Hun uh, yeah. It's gotta be hundreds at this point. And yeah, you like, you're a good example. Like why, why did you, I'll, I'll turn the tables on you. Cause I'm uh -oh. the podcaster here. <laughs> uh -oh. Ralph, why would, why would you volunteer hundreds of hours of time? Like to writing posts for a site that you don't own. Like, why would you do that? And why do hundreds of other people do it? Why'd you do it? 
<laughs> I'm like, do it because it makes sense. <laughs> I was seduced by me. the beard. Yeah, you're not the first. <laughs> not the first. Will not be the last. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for us, it was really we were. I mean, at that point, I was a struggling SEO content marketer, and I'm like, well, where can I get authority for this stuff for this customer of mine? And I wanted to borrow that authority. So I went and I saw that other people were writing on bigger pockets. And I was like, well, I'm a pretty good writer. I've been a real estate investor for 20 plus years too. So why don't I just see if uh, they'll let me in? And the weird thing was, is that I was actually writing not for myself. I was writing for my partner. At that point, he was a paying customer, believe it or not. Yep. Like yep. He paid us like $1,200 a month to do his SEO, which I thought was like the greatest thing ever. So <laughs> I did this every single week. And I remember I had to have my posts in a certain day and all this sort of stuff. But what, what drove us to do it is that it worked for us. We got traffic back to our site, which was at that point was houseflippingschool.com, which still actually does exist. But that's why I did it. And then I realized that it was a lot that I could actually learn inside the forums. I'm like, wow, this really is uh, super helpful. Exactly like what you were saying, like leases and tenants and evictions and all that sort of stuff. I was still a real estate investor then. So not only did it help me from a traffic perspective for my customer, but it also helped me as a real estate investor. And that's why I stuck around and did it for two plus years. And what's cool about that is what we basically did is what, what Josh started at the beginning doing. And I thought it was kind of crazy at the beginning. And I'm sure the people who made Wikipedia thought they were crazy. Like who volunteers their time to do that? But it's all about aligning incentives, right? Like you had an incentive. Now we are, we are militant and have been and always have been and still are about like self-promotion. Like you never were allowed in your posts to write like, that's why at house flipping school, we do blah, blah, blah. We, we wouldn't let you mention your company. More than most companies, like we are really militant about it because the number one most important thing is trust. Like if we mm. lose the trust, if bigger pockets lose the trust of the people, we lose everything. And so we were militant about never appearing to be overly salesy or letting people put all their links in there. We wouldn't even let you put a link in there. You got a link in the bio. You remember that? Or like you got one yeah. link, I think it was. Right. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. But it aligned incentive. And it, it, it worked on the blog. So most of our blog writers have some reason to do it because whether they have a, a product whether they're just, uh, they want to, a lot of them want to raise money for their own real estate deals, whatever it is. But a lot of them, it's just ego. And I think that's what maybe Wikipedia is as well. I don't know. Like, why do people write for Wikipedia? It's got to be like, I don't know. Is it, is it ego saying, oh, I'm a Wikipedia writer? Is that what they, I don't know, but they do it. We've had people that have, we have people with tens of thousands of forum posts on our forums that have no product for sale and no reason to do it. That makes no sense to me, but they do it because it's their life. It's like they get a huge benefit to their life knowing they help people. And then people are like, thank you so much. You're amazing, which gives them that reinforcement, that dopamine hit to do it again and do it again. And so we just, everything we do was like facilitate more and more user-generated content so that we can be seen as like the end-all be-all resource, but not that it's top down, it's bottom up. And do you think that came from like the original goal, it sounds like was kind of just to get your questions answered within a community thread, which is funny because Ralph and I were just talking about how community is really it seems like it's up and coming, but really it has been around for a while. But I think given the like hellish year that we've had, people are seeking that community more and more, which is why I believe is why like this user generated content, when people can see, like see someone like them having the same struggles or like yep. learn from someone like them is really, really powerful. Do you think the community is kind of what built this like need for that user generated content or that like true yeah. 
the true authenticity maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I think, I think what it is is like, I mean, a community has been around forever, right? If you think about like for living in caves and helping each other that way to like bowling, right? Like bowling leagues, like, how, Gosh, like that was yeah. a huge thing. And then like, I'm, I'm part of the Masons. I'm not, but like, I'm part of like whatever club, like that was a thing for years and that's died out because the internet took its place in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. So it's funny the number of people who identify as part of the bigger pockets community. I mean, I do. And when I meet people in public, like that are other BP people, it's like, we know each other. We're like, oh yeah, you're, mm-hmm. we know we have the same term. We use the same language that nobody else would get. We use the same inside jokes. And there's these, this community that we have built and that anybody could do still today and should be doing. Because once you like get people that feel part of a community, one, it's super sticky. I mean, people stay around forever. And then when you yes. have something to sell, then you can sell it. But they have to trust the community that you're going into, which is again, what we have pushed so hard to do is build trust, build trust, build trust, even over profit. But I mean, by far, we could have had a course. We, we don't sell a course. We could sell a course right now and make $50 million guaranteed. Hmm. We don't do it because that's not how you build it. For us, that's not how we're going to build a billion dollar business off right. of a course. We're going to build that off having a hundred million people know, like, and trust us. That's crazy. Uh, it's like the, not crazy, like a business model. Like it's crazy to think of like how big you guys have gotten and you did it by almost avoiding monetization yeah. for years yeah, and years. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, it was just Google ads forever. Yeah, we were just <laughs> joking about that. I was like, how did you guys make money at first? Like the Google ads, right? <laughs> no, a donate button. Donate button. Oh my God. We had a donate <laughs> button and people would donate money to Josh and that's how he made money in the very beginning. And then he had a $5 a month membership plan. And then that eventually went to, I, had to, I pushed him to go to $9 a month. And that was a hard push, but we did it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And today we have a 312, well, it's 390, I guess, 390 a year membership. So not per month, it's 390 a year. And that's our most expensive thing really uh, outside of a couple kind of specific vendor products. Too funny. And I did actually check my American Express and I am yeah. still getting charged $5. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. That's so I love funny. it. And we do grandfather them all in. So that's right. great. That's... Glad you're in. So obviously, I mean, you uh, you evolved past Google Ads, but you yeah. you still the 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 core of it all is really is just helpful, useful content, being cool, being helpful, being useful, and obviously this type of community that goes along with it. It's like it creates a really sticky place, and obviously Google loves this kind of stuff. But like, how how have you guys evolved over time? You had obviously you've got the the membership now. Yeah. You guys do a lot of webinars. And then the community itself is very helpful for you, like as an investor as well. Like what, how has sort of the evolution of the, I'm air quoting monetization of bigger pockets happened over the course of the last 10 years or so? Yeah. Great question. So we started again, like the the site is free. We don't have anything about a paywall necessarily in terms of like you have to be paid. So you just, you can visit the forums, the blog, it's all open and and available to you. Then people sign up for a free membership, which is basically you give us your email address. Now you're on our list. And why do they do that? Well, we, we've tried a number of things, but mainly we give away, like we have an ultimate beginner's guide, like this big old long, like eight Mm. chapter book that helps you get started with real estate. People do it for that. Uh, But they also do it just because again, they want to be part of this community and they see like, Oh, I could post in the forums. We have a lot of real meetup. I mean, pre COVID anyway, there were hundreds of real life meetups happening every uh, month around the country of people getting together, talking real estate through our community. So you get access to some of that stuff. You get to know what's going on. So that's the free side. Then we added in a, a basically a calculator. And I don't want to sound like it's like nothing, but it's basically a calculator on our site. Marketers love calculators. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and here's why it's so powerful for BP and why it made such a big difference is because like in real estate, if you're going to go spend 20 or 30 or $40,000 on a down payment on a property, like most properties don't make sense. So we provided a tool that made it like, here's the actual way you run the numbers, plug your numbers in here and you can see if you're going to make money or not. So in other words, like they started paying us money. Yes, it's actually a, a simple, useful tool that they use. And so we started charging, I think originally it was $29 a month. And then we added the annual plan and we would, I mean, we had very few people sign up. And then one day I was like, we should do like a webinar. I'd seen webinars around before. This is probably six years ago now. And I was like, Josh, we should do webinars. Like where we, we teach. And then we try to like tell people about this membership. And he's like, you know, Oh, actually I will say he first said no. Because the, the greatest, and I'm, this is so good though. His answer is no. Josh's core genius, I think, and this applies to everybody listening right now, is his default response to anything is no. And this is something every entrepreneur should have Pretty should valuable, actually. It's so valuable, right? So his thing was prove to me why, like make a case for it, fight for it. And if you fight hard enough, then I'll know you're going to continue it. So if you've got employees and they come to you like, hey, we should launch this cool thing. And your default is always yes. Then everything matters equally. And that matters mm. not at all, right? So I, I fought for it. I'm like, no, this is why. Let me do this. Let me test it once. I'm going to prove it to you. And finally, he was like, okay, let's, let's do it. So we did a webinar. And the first time we got like 50 people on it. And I think I sold like three memberships and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And, uh, and then the next week, I think we sold like five and then seven and I'm um, learning a little bit. And it, like there was a monthly paying $29 a month. And I want to tell two interesting points about this that I think your audience would like. First of all, we had a week one time where I sold, oh, I don't remember the numbers. I sold, I think it was it was like shockingly low. Maybe it was 10. I think it was 10 sales, but because the price was whatever it was, $30 a month, we made like, I don't know what that was, $3,000. Am I doing that math right? Whatever <laughs> what it was. So we basically made like a little bit of money, but I told a friend that I had done this and he misunderstood me. He misunderstood me. And he thought I actually said like 10 times more than what I actually did. Like, I think I said, I sold 10 memberships and he thought I sold, he thought I said I sold a hundred. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you sold a hundred. And I was like, no, 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 no. I sold, I sold 10 in one webinar. And I, and I said the words, I could never sell a hundred in one webinar. And he goes, the words that just changed my life. He said, well, why not? <laughs> why not? And I was like, well, I mean, I, that's impossible. He said, just get 10 times more people to show up and you'll sell 10 times as much. And I was like, <laughs> and it sounds so stupid, simple right now, but all like my mind, it's like the, the Bannon four minute mile thing. Like I didn't yeah. know it was even possible right. until all of a sudden I realized it was possible. And it, so that like the next week I was like, okay, I asked the question, how do I get 10 times more people here? And I said, well, what if every person that gave us their email address, everyone immediately and automatically on the, like on the first page of the thank you page, invited them to a webinar. And so I did that. And the next week we had 10 times more people sign up and I sold 10 times more memberships that week. And I was like, this is amazing. Now at the time they were paying, they were paying the 20, I think it was 20 or it might've even been 19 at the time we raised our prices, but they're paying like the 19 bucks a month or $29 a month, whatever it was. And I remember thinking that we had a monthly subscription option and we had an annual subscription option and 90% of people went monthly because why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper to go annual, but everyone went monthly. And the problem was our monthly subscribers stick around on average, their lifetime value is about half of that of an annual subscriber. And so we thought, you know, annual is way better, but everyone just goes monthly. So then I just said, well, what if I only gave away, I asked the question again, how do I get more people to go annual? 
I said, well, what if the bonus content we give away in a webinar, which I do every week, only applied to annual? That was it. So I tried it that week. 90% of people went annual with without a, with actually conversion rate went up and 90% went annual that day. <laughs> I mean, that, that one thing made bigger pockets now millions and millions and millions of dollars over time. Now, not every business in the world annual is better than monthly, but for us, we knew our metrics, we knew our numbers and we knew that annual is better. And so by testing that out, it worked and it, it's just, it changed the game right there. So make that decision based on data, not based on what you default have been doing. And asking the question, Yes. As well, how mm-hmm. like it's 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 great because it, you, I mean, if you're a successful business owner at a certain point, like you don't you need help from somebody somewhere along yeah. the way. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's like my wife is the one that like I was like I have get this issue and she'll yep. figure out like the one thing that's like staring me like dead in the face, and it's like it's the solution. Yeah. It's why not? Why can't you sell a hundred? of these things on a webinar as opposed to 10. It's yeah. like, just do you all of a sudden just break into this whole new realm of possibility. And obviously for you guys, you've been able to do that many times, many times over, but you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have this trust and the established authority in that manufactured intentional authenticity, yeah. which are <laughs> intentional <laughs> authenticity. Exactly. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Which is one of the reasons why, and you had mentioned this earlier, is that one of the reasons that people buy is not necessarily for what they get, but it's an interesting answer that you found throughout your community because you've established so much of this authenticity and so much of this trust. Yeah. And people like, I think or they go too quick to try to monetize their site. They're too quick to try to make money because they need it. And I get that, but they, they do it at the expense of that trust and that credibility. And how do you build trust and credibility at scale? I mean, I think for one thing, podcasting is such a great way to do it. That's why podcasts, one of the main reasons we do it. In fact, we, we've done surveys where 
I mean, we do a lot of surveys and we talk to our customers a lot. And uh, a couple of interesting ones. One, I think it's over 90% of all of our people who go pro that become a pro member, they listen to the podcast. Now, the mm. podcast in reality is not, I mean, we get a quarter million downloads per episode. It's, it's a lot of downloads. However, like our site gets millions and millions and millions of people every single month on it. So the fact that almost all of our pro members come from listening to the podcast, that shows one thing is that it shows a, our pro membership is not obviously valuable enough yet. And so we're continuing trying to work on it because we should get more organic sales, but most of our sales come through, listen to the podcast and then they attend a webinar and then I sell them on it uh, mm-hmm. during the webinar. I tell them about the benefits and features and all that. So that, that's one piece. The other survey that we found out in the past is that we asked, why are people upgrading? And yes, the number one answer barely was the calculators, but the number two answer is because Brandon said so. And so like that, <laughs> that is crazy, but wow. amazing. I mean, imagine if you had such trust and credibility with your audience that they would buy from you because you told them, even if they didn't understand why, they didn't, couldn't figure out all the benefits, they just liked you so much. And they're like, well, I don't think he'd steer me wrong, so I'm just going to do it. And I think that should be a goal for every business is get to the point. Now, it should not be that way, right? We should have a product that sells itself better. And like I said, we're always working on it. But you should be able to tell your audience to go buy it and they should just trust you enough. And I think that's a powerful place to be. I feel like that's the goal of every business, right? Is to be like, this is what I said to do this. So now you need to go do it. But I think like, where do you think the threshold is? Like when businesses are trying to figure out where that line is of when they should actually try to sell their community something, or if they're building this community Mm. and they don't know how to start pitching the product in order to start making money. Like, where is that line? Like, how do you know as a business owner to start that you can actually pitch something? So I'm actually, I wrote a blog post years ago and I I think I would still agree. It's going to sound like I'm countering what I just said, but I said, (laughs) I think people, I think people should sell, right. They should have a product for sale right away. But not so much to get rich off of it. I think they're looking at it like this is a short term, like I got to make some money to pay my bills right now and get money. So I'm going to just like push, 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 buy, buy, buy. I think you should sell right away because the only way you're going to know what people want is by offering them something and having them say yes or no. Yes. Right. It's a classic Tim Ferriss of like, don't ask people if they would buy, ask them to buy. Mm-hmm. So like you have something. And so actually the calculator actually came from before bigger pockets, before I was even part of BP uh, and before I owned part of the company there. I had a little blog called Real Estate in Your 20s. It's still actually exists that. today. Yeah, yeah it was way back <laughs> in the day. I, I have not touched it in eight years now. I should just sell it probably, but it's like eight years old. It's just been sitting there forever, right? But on there, I put a little calculator, just a spreadsheet for sale for, I think, $19. Yeah. I still sell at least a couple of those every week right now. <laughs> later. Yeah, people who land on there from SEO reasons and they buy them because people love it. But it, it proved the concept. Now, I didn't go out there. I wasn't like, hardcore selling that in the beginning. I just had it for sale and I offered it and people seemed to like it. So then I leaned into that. It's kind of like you test things, you lean into it. So it's not that you shouldn't have anything for sale. It's that your primary goal should not be to sell in the beginning, I think, mm-hmm. until that goes. Now, where does that come in? I don't know. I think there's a, I think it probably just comes slowly over time as that trust is built. Like I'm not afraid of, I mean, I, if you come to a webinar mind, like I sell pretty darn hard. Like I, like I do a different webinar, by the way, this is something else. I do a different webinar. I do them all live. We've experimented with automated, but I do them live every week and I do a different webinar every week. Now I I have like eight or nine that I kind of cycle through, but I update them every time. I try to make them a little better every single time. And so I sell pretty hard. I'm not opposed to selling those webinars. Every webinar though filters down to one point, no matter what the topic I'm teaching on. It could be how to do no money down stuff. It could be 
how to find properties, whatever. It all comes down to the same point that real estate is risky if you don't know the math. Mm. So mm-hmm. let me show you guys how I do my math homework. And then I show them how I do the math using our software. And then I say, by the way, if you think this would be helpful for you, if you can avoid one bad deal ever by using this, you should upgrade today. And then it becomes like, it's like a 10 minute long sales presentation where I walk through it. it. So anyway, again, I don't know exactly where the line is, but I think that it begins with the, you should start from the trust and credibility in your audience and building community. And then when you find that product market fit, that's when you start selling harder. I think the initial transaction, the monetization, I mean, you're not getting rich off that calculator on real estate in your point. <laughs> correct. But yeah. Yeah. The correct. point is, is it, it does cement a deeper bond yes. with your You're audience. providing value. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Like we realized this on our side, like when we started doing information products, we're like, I don't really care about the cost of a lead. Actually, yeah. it doesn't really matter to me. Like what I care about is transactions and even going negative on that. Now you actually have a group of buyers who are yeah. much more deeply embedded. Like they're committed to you and you're committed to them. I think mm-hmm. it, it fundamentally changes the relationship. And I, and I think you owe it to your audience yep. to have that option somewhere. And you're not going to make it by a $49 ebook or a $19 no. calculator, but it's something that's there and how you scale it from there and actually start making money on the business is like the big question here. But I think it really is important because it becomes a transactional relationship. And I, I think that really does cement your community. Yeah, we do it through publishing. We have a, a we sold a book and we weren't sure how it was going to do, but we put a book for sale and we sold it with a physical book and digital. And we're like, hey, that worked out pretty good. And so now we have 24, 25 books, I think, written by different authors. Again, user-generated content. And, and people will buy a $14 ebook or they'll buy a $22 physical book and we'll ship it to their house. But we created that beginning that, yeah, you changed their mindset from we are just giving away free information to, oh, they're a business that I like and trust. And then you can monetize them later. And I think it's interesting too, which we, we haven't really dove into is that you're doing a live webinar weekly and changing the presentation every week. And I think it honestly speaks to the like authenticity piece that we were talking about before most businesses, including digital marketer, like we would never do that every week. Yeah. Like we yeah. have automated our <laughs> webinars. <laughs> our webinars are automated to run like every 15 yep. minutes based on the time zone that someone's in and they can click a different time and then they'll be able to hop on a pre-recorded webinar. I feel like it's really speaking to like, you give them that, like you said, you give them a small a small paid piece that you're not going to make huge money off of, but is providing them value. So they continue to gain that trust. But even just that the sales call is live every week, I feel like is really cementing in that, like you're part of the community and you're going to hop on live with these people every week. Yeah. And I, uh, interesting enough, I think we'd actually probably make more money if we automated it. I do believe that we'd make more <laughs> it. And we are, we are, we do, we play with it. Like what I want to do is get to the point where we have an automated, I mean, we're, do, I mean, we, we're doing automated for cold a little bit. We'll do cold traffic, pay okay. cold traffic to an automated. I'm okay with that. But what's interesting is people who come to the webinar, like I do a poll every week, generally every week on the webinar. I say, is this your first webinar or second, third, fourth, whatever. And 40% of people who attend a webinar, it's their very first one. Hmm. But 60% of people, have been multiple times. In fact, a good 20 or 30% of them have come like six, seven, eight times in a row. Like, why do they do that? Because it's not as like, they don't see it as a sales webinar. The thing is, it's almost more of a podcast. So they're learning. They yeah. know pitch is coming. Most of our sales don't come until like, oh, I shouldn't say most, but about half of them come after attending two or three webinars. So mm-hmm. 
uh, they know it's coming. They know the product's there, but they just they come to different topics to learn. And again, it, this goes against everything every webinar, book, and training manual has ever said: <laughs> is don't teach too much. Give them just the basic, simple stuff. And I, I try. I can't. I can't do it. And so, like, I know I'd probably sell more if I was like the three basic steps: how to get rich quick. And I know I'd probably sell just as much. But like, there, that's that intentional authenticity thing. It's like. Whether or not I could make more money the other way is one thing, but which is actually going to help more people make a lot more money in real estate? I think they need some more education. And so, again, I could be wrong on that, but I just, I overwhelm them with information. They probably lose trust too. Like you said, you know, the number one, you said the, you know, second reason that people were upgrading was because Brandon told me to. And as soon as you start taking away that information, they would start to lose that like trust in what you're saying, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. I said earlier, Josh's core like genius when he started this thing. And Josh is now kind of out of the business. He doesn't do anything anymore. We've kind of taken the, the torch and run with it. But Josh's genius was one saying no default. His second thing is he never viewed bigger pockets as a million dollar company or Mm -hmm. as a $10 million company, or even as a $100 million company ever. Like even the beginning, like from the first time I talked to him, it was a billion dollar brand from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, when you think about, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that, but when you think about things in that light, the decisions you make up until, like in everything you do are reflected in that, right? So we would rather have the trust than the money at any given Mm -hmm. point, because we know that the way to get a billion dollars is when a lot of people use us for a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's Josh's other genius was that he never, in fact, I even had a buddy one time that told me we're sitting out, this is early on my first like month or two when I was first getting involved in bigger pockets and Josh offered me a little bit of equity in the company. It wasn't much, a little bit in the very <laughs> beginning. And this guy was like, that's ridiculous. He should give you 50%. You just started this podcast with him. And even then I was like, I was like, that that's ridiculous because Josh doesn't see this as a as a blog, this is not a mm-hmm. lifestyle business where you go and offer a partner 50% because they helped you with the blog. Like this is a billion dollar brand. And mm-hmm. uh, he even told I me mean, at the time he was advising me, walk away, like go do your own thing. And I'm like, I'm super glad I hung around because I got, I got, I got more equity over time, but still <laughs> like, it is like, it's just, it's a, it's a different mindset. It's playing a whole different game. It's fun. I think a lot of marketers, especially if they're new, always think to themselves, well, I can't give away my best stuff. I got to, I got to save that for the paywall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you guys <laughs> don't subscribe to that at all. No, not over all. <laughs> delivering on content. I mean, people, when I meet people that are listeners of this show, that's one of the things that people always seem to say. And I don't think it's necessarily intentional. I'm not, I just want to, it's actually fun teaching people and telling people exactly what you've learned and all the mistakes yep. you've made. And I learned this and you should do the same thing as well and avoid this kind of stuff over here. I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of marketers, they, they, have this fear. It's almost like this lack of abundance. It's the scarcity mindset. It's like, I can't give away too much. When in fact, the the reverse is true. It's like you give away your best stuff. Yep. But then like uh, from a business perspective, I'm air quoting that again, people think to themselves, wow, that thing was so great. I can't only imagine what's behind the paywall. Must be mm-hmm. even better. It's it's additive to that big thing. But I think getting through that mindset, especially if you're new in marketing, is a hard thing to overcome. Well, and I think that, and this is something you guys have, I feel like you've done very well, 
a digital marketer and like even with, yeah, with your podcast is that when you give away the information, the, the thing is information has been democratized. In other words, it's like out there, like everything yeah. you'd want to know you can find now. This mm-hmm. is not 1993 anymore. So like trying to like, I, again, I have nothing wrong with courses. We sell books. We're, we'll probably have a course in the future, maybe at some point, because people like their handheld, but the information is out there. Mm-hmm. That's not what they need. So what we do is instead is we, we try to monetize the tools and the thing that's going to actually help them, whether it's a tool or a service. And how do you sell tools and services to people is with trust and credibility. Mm-hmm. And so again, we could, you could, you could sell a course, we could sell a product that would make us a 20 million, $50 million a year business, maybe get to that level. I don't know. But instead we'd rather have tools and other ways to make money where the information is free or at least cheap, like in a book or something simple. And then, yeah, you monetize on, in another way, the, the tools and networking. Like one way we could make a ton of money, we could right now launch Bigger Pockets Mortgage. And we just become <laughs> the mortgage company for all real estate investors across America. Like mm-hmm. that is a billion dollar business because <laughs> if, te- if 5 million people every month are applying for a mortgage through Bigger Pockets, like it's stupid how much money. Like you heard it here first. We may be going that way, but like that's <laughs> that's what makes a billion dollars. Launch so, in 2021. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, it's not going to be janitor. It's going to be it's going to be banker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where yeah. that's where the money's at, man. The money is in <laughs> the money is in the banking, and it's in the the insurance, and it's in the the transactions, especially in real estate. It's in that stuff. Anyway, billion dollar mindset is a very different mindset than a I have a blog. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But I feel like that is still kind of your mindset of like, you called yourself before, before you said janitor, you called yourself VP of creative content. Creative so content, like you yeah. still, yeah, like hardcore are involved in essentially yeah. providing value through content. But I think what's, what we haven't even really touched on is you have hundreds of people creating content for you yep. that want to do it because they trust the brand and they're involved in the community. But what's also happening is that like, based on how many people are involved in this community, it almost seems like it doesn't take too much optimization. It's just based on how much people love the brand and how much trust people have in the brand. You're ranking one and two on Google, like what Ralph said when we we first started. And that's an SEO factor, right? If you have that much trust and authority behind your brand, optimization becomes almost irrelevant because there's so many people who are going to read it anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, what's funny about this is like our, I'm going to get yelled. I hope nobody from bigger pockets listens to this, (laughs) but I'll say like our SEO actual, our skills at SEO are so bad. Like so bad. (laughs) Like you could go right now to bigger pockets and you guys would just laugh at how like, like there'd be like, like title things. I don't know. I don't do SEO anymore. I used to do it back in the Ralph days when you were doing it, but like, they'd be like the meta meta stuff and the title tags are just all messed up. And like, you could go to our site and you guys could probably figure out a hundred page report on all the things we're doing wrong right now. And uh, (laughs) it's incredible how much we're doing wrong with SEO and how little work we put into it. I don't even know. We had a full-time SEO person for a little while and then they left and I don't think we replaced them. And so like, it's, it's crazy, right? (laughs) But why is it that we rank there? Because it's, we've never tried to really gamify. Yes. We want to abide by the rules of Google. That's, that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't gamify necessarily. We just, we're like, what, what actually helps people? Like, what yeah. if we approach business? Like, what actually helps people? What actually help people is if we had over 3 million forum posts mm-hmm. about real estate topics on every topic. So if you're like, should I have an LLC in Delaware? There's <laughs> probably a dozen forum posts about De- LLCs in Delaware. 
Yeah. And it's such, it's such long tail. It's crazy. Now we do a lot of the, the, the big stuff too. Like, yes, we're trying to rank for how to invest in real estate. Why do you think I titled my book? One of my books is called how to invest in real estate. <laughs> yeah. And one, but one, actually one of the biggest problems we actually have, and this is a totally different conversation that you and I should have, uh, the three of us should have offline. But like one of the biggest problems with user generated content is that you have way too much. There's probably 50 pages on bigger pockets that are all called how to invest in real estate. Yeah. So it's the link cannibalization or it's all the cannibalization of, of that. Totally. So that's, that's the thing we fight against constantly. We should rank better for some of the big terms. We don't because we've got 50 pages that all answer the exact same question in different ways. Mm-hmm. So we're always trying to like condense them and combine them into more ultimate guides. But that's a constant battle when you have thousands of new forum threads being started every day. It's like, oh man. So anyway, that's a, that's a, a good problem that's an, to have. That's though. a very yeah. good problem to have <laughs> because we just keep we just keep going to like, how can we help people and make it easier for them to get the information? It's like Google, right? Like mm-hmm. that was their kind of mission. It wasn't like let's monetize everything from day one. They're like, yeah. how do we actually, how do we actually help people? How do we make this work? So make people successful and then they'll love us and come back to us and give us money some other way. Yeah. It's interesting that the journey, the customer journey is from podcast to webinar where like yeah. that has really flipped a lot. I mean, for your pro level members, I mean, that's a, that's a, obviously an intentional switch, but I mean, the power of the podcast, I mean, it was obviously you guys have a, a very large list. So when you launch that podcast, you're emailing your list and it gets momentum, but it's yeah. consistently, I mean, I was just looking the other day. I mean, it's always in like the top three on iTunes yeah. <laughs> and you guys that's have great. gone from like this massive content authority site on bigger pockets. And now the podcast is even more of an authority in a lot of ways, and especially in your, in your open quote, air quote, sales funnel certainly yeah. seems to be working. Well, we've actually shifted our thinking a little bit lately. We started looking at some data on where our customers, not just our visitors, but where our customers coming from. Like I said, most of them come from, they listen to the podcast and all that. What we finally realized is that we are not a forum. We are not a blog. We are not a uh, website with an email list. What we are is we are a media company. And that was an interesting mm, right. position we changed yeah. in our heads. We are, we are Fox News. Fox News brings on anchors to talk. And they fire anchors if they suck. So we bring on writers to write. And we, we have we have now five podcasts, different shows, like not just bigger pockets real estate. We got business, we got money, we have mm-hmm. different shows, we bring guests, we bring people on, we let them go. Like we run a media company now, which is again, why? Because media companies become billion dollar companies. Mm. And so not not that's why we did it, but that's just an interesting thing is again, thinking a little bit bigger. So we're very intentional now about like how we build content, what we're doing. How do we get more people involved? Because the one of the biggest problems with bigger pockets is that my face is just too many places. Like the, my books sell majority of the books at bigger pockets are books that I've written, even though we have a lot mm-hmm. of books. My face is on the bigger pockets real estate podcast, which is the biggest show. So when you have that in a company and it's all about you as the person, mm-hmm. it's really hard to to scale, to sell, to survive if you get hit by a bus. Like if I got if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. Does the company survive? I, today, I 100% believe it does just fine. In fact, I like I'm very not I'm not that involved at all at VP. Like in reality, that's why my title is VP of Creative Content, and I have no employees underneath me. I have no team members. What I do is the few things that I do well. It's like Doctor Oz. You guys heard the Doctor Oz analogy? <laughs> like Doctor Oz analogy. I can't remember what development book I read it from, but Dr. Oz in the height of his popularity was on like Oprah. He had his own TV show. He was doing like a bunch of other stuff, like the doctors. He had a magazine. He had this, he had this, he had this. He was huge everywhere. 
I mean, we all remember every news, like magazine article was like, Dr. Oz is miracle oh, yeah. cure. Oh, yeah. At the same time, he was still doing 200 open heart surgeries a year. Now, how is that possible? Huh? How is that? How is that possible to I do that? No it's, idea. Yeah, it's because, <laughs> I haven't heard this one. Yeah, because yeah, Dr. Oz went to school for years and then spent decades perfecting a skill, a cut, a certain cut that only he could do, uh, like the very few people can do. And that was his job. So when he would walk into the operating room, he wasn't putting the anesthesia in their in their veins. He wasn't laying them out. He wasn't talking to them ahead of time. He wasn't cutting them open. He wasn't clamping their arteries where it needed to be clamped. He was doing the cut that he had spent 30 or 40 years of his life perfecting. And that was it. He wasn't closing them up. He wasn't washing them up. He wasn't taking them home in the car. Like Dr. Oz was doing the thing that he could do better than anybody else in the world. And as an entrepreneur, like everything I do today, I try to think, what is my Dr. Oz cut? What is that thing that I should be doing? And what I should be doing? I should be on a podcast. That's what I should do. I should be making YouTube videos. But I, I'm even trying to find like script writers. Like I need to find a Ralph for my, my YouTube videos. Because like, I don't even want to write them. Like I yeah. want somebody else to write me a script and I want to sit down who knows real estate and knows my words. And I want to just record because my cut is my face, right? Like, <laughs> and that's all I should be doing. But too many people are over there cutting up the body. They're, they're clamping all the pipes. They're, mm-hmm. they're everything. What's your Dr. Oz cut? And, and if you can do more of that, it's one, it's way more fun and way more profitable. Just don't cut the beard. Yeah. Don't cut the beard. That is my, that, my that's doctor. Your cut, that's my scalpel. That's my, my scalpel. Yes. Let's, let's talk about intentional authenticity. We keep bringing that word up today. Right. So seven, six, five years ago, somewhere in there, I'm watching the show called fast and loud with my dad. I'm at home visiting my dad. The fast and loud is like a car show. I don't watch car shows. My dad's into them though. And there's this guy in the show. I don't even know if he's still on anymore with this big beard, this white, tall, lanky white dude with a big, long beard. And I was like, that guy's super interesting. Just super interesting to look at. He was just an interesting dude. And I was like, it would be fun some days like to do more TV. And I want to be a, do more with YouTube and more with like media stuff. I, at the time I knew that, but I just look like a tall, lanky, awkward white dude. Like I'm just like the, every other <laughs> tall, lanky, awkward white dude in the world. So I was intentional about the beard, but it still is the authentic self. Like I didn't like, it's not like I don't like my beard. It still is who I am. But I was intentional about creating a brand for myself. Something that was, mm. that was because I know that someday I would like a television show. I think that would be fun. I don't know if I'll do it, but I, I think it'd be fun to have. There's a lot of real estate shows out there. I think it'd be fun to do one. So I have been now five years in the making of being intentionally authentic about my beard. So this is like <laughs> another example of how <laughs> intentional authenticity. It's like, yeah, it's be like, know what you're doing. Go after it hardcore. Ask yeah. the questions. But doesn't mean being fake. It means make that just a part of like, just be intentional about it. So intentional authenticity, you can buy it at wherever books are sold. <laughs> a new book yes. by Brandon Turner. Yeah, somebody, somebody listening to the show is going to offer to write us this book and ghostwrite this book for us. So oh, we're doing absolutely. it. Yeah, I heard it here. There we go. Yeah. I mean, the branding of the face is actually, is, is super interesting. And I, I think mm-hmm. as personalities, like for, for me, I never wanted to be, an internet marketing guru or like a digital marketing guru. I was like, I just want to like do this show and just do the stuff that I'm doing. It's like, but you attract people because of who you are. You repel Mm -hmm. people because who you are, but -hmm. those people who are attracted to you are going to be people that are going to be a part of your tribe. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you're who you are and you have a brand that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of marketers that are reluctant to really show who they are. And they mm. try to be like, oh, I need to be professional now. I need to look like a business person. It's like the more you're just yourself, 
the more you actually brand yourself. And hopefully more people than than not are attracted to whatever it is that you're doing. And I think for you, it's just like totally being authentic, obviously having the look. I mean, you, you stand out, that certainly helps. It's like, obviously for- the beard, yeah. Obviously <laughs> the beard. I always forget that chef guy who has like the bleach blonde hair. Yeah, and yeah. Guy exactly. Ferrari. Yeah, he's guy super Ferrari. interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Like, even if you don't want to do TV, it doesn't have to be a look thing too, right? It's just, there's what makes you interesting? What makes you stand out? What makes you different than everybody else? Because there's a lot of vanilla in the world. So how do you stand out as chocolate? How do you do something that's a little bit different? And, and to the authentic thing, one more example on that. Like I constantly, like, I, I, I talk constantly, right? I talk a lot. I talk fast. I'm putting <laughs> out videos every day on YouTube and Instagram and all this, but the things people talk to me about, I'll tell you, it's interesting. They talk to me about my daughter, Rosie. They asked me about my surfing on the nude beach out here in Maui. They, t- <laughs> they talked to me That's about, interesting though. <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting, right? They talked to me. I, I've mentioned maybe once ever, maybe twice in a podcast that I am self-conscious about my weight. Now I'm not a large person, but I, I have that extra like 10 or 15 pounds around my midsection that a lot of guys have. And it makes me feel self-conscious a little bit. And it makes me feel like, oh man, like I wish I could just lose this fine a little bit, but I also really like tacos. And I tell you that <laughs> I more than that. <laughs> yeah, that that more than anything else. Like the fact that I talked about that, I'd say people people love that. They love that. And so here's the funny thing: I didn't do it by accident. I didn't talk about my weight on accident. Now, does it mean it's not authentic? No, I am self conscious about my weight. The fact that I brought it up just now in this podcast was on purpose because I wanted you guys, like everyone listening right now, was probably thinking, "Oh yeah, I can identify with that." I, so I was, I'm being intentional about mm-hmm. being authentic about things that I know people are going to care about me for now. Yeah. I hope it helps people as well, but yeah, being intentionally, intentionally authentic. I do it on my Instagram. I do it in my business. I do it on, on podcasts. I do it everywhere. I'm intentionally authentic about, about who I am and people love that. And that's how you grow. I think uh, a, a large personal brand and a business being that way. Or they kidnap your kid and take your family hostage. But hopefully no, that doesn't matter. Yeah. There's that danger of being There's too, that uh, downside too risk. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but at the very least, if you're not intentionally authentic quite yet, and you are trying to build your own personal brand, if you're at least authentic to start, that's a good yep. place to begin. Uh-huh. And then you sort of figure out like what your mojo is, mm-hmm. like what part of that authenticity that you want to start marketing and make it a little bit more unique to you to stand out in the crowd. And then that, and then it becomes intentional. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's going to take time to realize what people do resonate with about your personality. And I feel like you have to be, yeah, you do have to be authentic in general to figure out how to be intentionally authentic because you're trying to realize what people uh, yeah, what do they care about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I was talking about nose hairs and stuff, like nobody wants to know about that. Like that doesn't resonate with people. <laughs> you don't want to go too far. Right? Yeah, I got this back hair issue I can't reach. No, actually, so true story. Actually, I mentioned once in a podcast this joke about how like when I when I was in seventh grade, I had this like youth leader at a church tell me that she said, she asked the whole group, how many of you wash wash your back when you're taking a shower oh my god someone asked this right? question on instagram oh, they, the other day and people lost it i yeah. know you, you really? can't reach you can't reach the middle how of many your people back. wash their yeah. back yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, if you can't so the middle of your back you have not 
you have likely not washed it in a long, long time, like scrubbed it, right? <laughs> and so like, I, I mentioned this on a podcast and I got, somebody sent me a backwasher in the mail. Holy like, crap. They, so they, yeah, I, I opened up the thing and it's like, a, I think you hook up to your faucet and wash your back on it. But I probably got a thousand messages since saying that about the backwashing thing. Oh yeah. Because yeah. people, it just resonates. So now like that is something that I will bring up occasionally because it's funny and it, right. so just being authentic, now I can be authentic. I can be uh, intentional about bringing up things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Watching your back. That's so funny. No, there, yeah, I ha- feel like there are two schools of thought on people who try to wash their like reach and just are like, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, it gets washed yep. naturally. Right. The shampoo washes <laughs> yes, it, <exactly>. right? <laughs> but imagine your this. head back. Yep. Right. You go, okay, you take your hands. Does that work when you like, does that work with washing your hands? Of course not. Like no. you have to scrub your hands, right? So who's scrubbing your back for you? Nobody. I think that's just, yeah. The point we're getting at here is more group showers. That's what we're trying to get at. That's the point of today's show. More group showers. Intentionally authentic group showers. Yes, yes right. exactly. Well, this has been tremendous, man. I'm so glad we we got our schedules together and got you on yeah. perpetual traffic. And it's great to reconnect, obviously. And you're an awesome guy and, and obviously hugely entertaining and hugely knowledgeable about real estate investing in general. And Thanks. if you don't know anything about Bigger Pockets, we'll obviously leave the links in the show notes here and to your killer podcast, which my son... I think this is actually what started our whole interchange. Like he's an 18 year old. He's at college right now, but he really is into potentially into real estate investing. Saw his old man and his mother doing it for years. And now he's an avid listener of the show, which is really kind of cool. So he's listening to you probably more than I ever have at this point. That's funny. Yeah. Go tell him, tell him what's up. Yeah, Yeah, I certainly will. So it's been great. So awesome having you on the show here, man. We will we will leave all the links to the show notes, all the ways that you can interact with Bigger Pockets, and definitely check out their podcast. Obviously on iTunes, it's as soon as you sort of log in, or Spotify, or uh, wherever you get your podcast. So. For all those show notes, all those resources for Brandon and Bigger Pockets, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 288. Brandon from Bigger Pockets, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. You guys have lived up to the hype of the JT Lance Bass duo. (laughs) (laughs) Take it. All right. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, man. Until next week, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.